Well, thank you, Tracy. It's just been wonderful this morning, um, hasn't it, to see um, Adelaine and Adrian and Martin and Stephen and on Aurea's behalf, her parents and godparents, making that public step of commitment to the Christian faith and becoming baptised members of the church. And we might wonder why, in Reading, in 2012, in a time when church isn't perhaps exactly the most fashionable thing to belong to, why is it that intelligent people with ordinary lives, families, friends, jobs and so on, why do they come to be baptised in the Church of Jesus Christ? I don't know about you, but I used to get taken to church as a child by my mum and dad. And the one thing that I remember crystal clear from my childhood was how unbelievably boring it was. It was deadly. It was absolutely deadly. And um, there's a story about a young boy who was taken to church by his dad. And um, he was looking around at the walls of the church. And on the walls, it had these sort of great long lists of names. And they were the names. It was a war memorial. You know, it was, a, it was a, a list of names, a war memorial. But the little boy didn't know it was a war memorial. And so he turned, he turned to his father and he said, Dad, he said, what, what's that list of names on the wall? And his dad said, oh, son, he said, that's the names of all of the people in the community who lost their lives in the services. And the little boy looks at his dad, his eyes bursting out of his head and says, Dad, was that the morning services or the evening services? A lot of people who don't go to church think that even if they did, it would just be incredibly boring. But what I hope to explain in the next few minutes is that far from being boring, the step of faith into the Christian life, which Adelaine and Adrian and Martin and Stephen have made this morning, and perhaps Araya will make sometime in the future for herself, is actually the start of a great adventure. It's not a badge which we get for achieving something or because we've finished something. It's actually the start of the most exciting adventure that we can have, the adventure of faith. And the Gospel reading this morning told us about the incident when Jesus and his disciples get caught out in a storm on the Sea of Galilee. And I think it's really helpful in helping us to think about what it means to stick out our necks and take that step of faith. Firstly, getting baptised is a call to follow Jesus. In the story we read, Jesus has been with a large crowd of probably hundreds of people teaching them beside the Sea of Galilee. And he turns to his disciples, his friends, who were following him around, and he said, let's go over to the other side. And the call to follow Jesus is the call to go somewhere new. Not necessarily a new physical place or a geographical location, but to a new way of living our lives. We heard Martin and Stephen saying how they wanted to get baptised because they wanted to live their lives in a new way. You might think that because I'm a vicar that I've been doing this church thing all my life, but I only recognised and responded to the call to follow Jesus after I'd turned 40 years old. And the new place that I was called to was to change from living my life in a way which relied on money and possessions and status and on my own wits, if you like, 
and leaving all that behind and changing to a way of living in which I put my trust in God through Jesus Christ, which I try to do as best that I can. And in this account of Jesus by the Sea of Galilee, he calls those closest to him to go on a journey with him across to the other side of the lake. But let's think about what that might mean for them. Firstly, if they stayed on their side of the lake, they would be, on the face of it, much safer. Their homes were on their side of the lake, which meant food and shelter and family close by. And what's more, the other side of the Sea of Galilee was actually a foreign land. Most of the people on the other side of the lake were not Jewish like Jesus and his disciples, and they spoke different languages. So they might not even be understood when they got there. If you decide to put your trust in Jesus Christ and get baptised these days, you are doing something that is quite countercultural. You might be misunderstood by your family or friends. If you say you're a Christian, if you say you're a Christian, some people who don't understand the faith might think you are making some claim to be a very good person, when in fact it's only possible to be a Christian when you've come to realise that you are a very flawed human being in need of a saviour. And when we take that step of faith, we have to be prepared to leave behind some of the things that we lean on and depend on or get comfort from. So when Jesus called his disciples to go with him to the other side of the lake, they had to leave behind not just their homes and families, but also the crowd. We love celebrity, don't we, today? Everybody loves celebrity. There's a a lot of safety in numbers. The disciples, because they were associated with Jesus, they would have felt quite important. Their teacher was attracting huge crowds, and they were his closest friends. They would have been minor celebrities alongside Jesus, the main celebrity. But Jesus calls them to leave their celebrity behind, if you like, to leave the crowds behind and follow him somewhere new. It would be a bit like asking Robbie Williams to cross the Thames after a performance at the O2 Arena and go and sing in a small pub on the other side of the river, a bit of a come down from the razzle-dazzle of the arena. Interestingly, although they leave the crowd behind, the Gospel writer Mark notes in verse 36 that some other boats went with them too. Following Jesus may be a countercultural thing to do in the 21st century, but others are taking that step of faith along with us. We're not alone. In fact, there are two billion Christians in the world today, although not many of them are in this country, a few million at most. But still, believe it or not, more people turn out on a Sunday morning to go to church than buy a ticket or a football match. Some people at St Matthews do both. Now, I can't tell you what the outcome is when there's a clash between the church and the football, but you might be able to guess. Others are deciding to follow Jesus as well. And so they set off on the journey across the lake, and in much the same way that our baptism candidates are setting off today on their journey of faith with Jesus. But what happens? A storm comes up, a furious squall, we're told, comes up, much like what we saw in the video clip at the beginning of the service, and the disciples were afraid. 
fishermen, which those disciples were, many of them were fishermen, know the world over that expert seamen that they may be, every year a certain number of fishermen never come home. That has always been the case, and it always will be. And they were afraid for their lives. And all of us in our lives, sooner or later, will find ourselves in the middle of a storm of life. It might be a storm caused by illness or injury. It might be caused by losing our job and finding ourselves very poor. It might be a storm caused by broken relationships or the death of a loved one. Or it might be many other things too. This is not a pessimistic outlook on life. It's a fact that sooner or later we hit storms and they can be very frightening. But the really big question is, what do we do when we hit a storm? What do we do about it? Where do we turn when the events of life simply overwhelm us? The disciples were afraid for their lives, and in their fear, they turned to Jesus. And then Jesus does the most extraordinary thing. As we saw in the video clip, he stands up in the boat, and he commands the wind and the waves to die down. And as, the story, as, as, we, as we heard of the story, it became completely calm. And he turns to them and says, what's the matter? Do you still have no faith? And the disciples, we are told, smiled and jumped for joy because they'd been saved. No, wait a minute, they didn't. They didn't do that. We're told in verse 41 that they were terrified. In other words, they were even more afraid now that the storm had calmed down than they were when it was raging. Why is that? Why weren't they jumping for joy? Why weren't they happy that Jesus had calmed the waves? Well, the reason is that there was only one person the disciples knew of who had ever been known to have the power to calm storms and waves and command the, 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 the power of nature. And that was God himself. Psalm 65 tells, and they would have known the Psalms very well, tells us, you answer us with awesome deeds of righteousness, O God our Saviour, the hope of the ends of the earth, who stilled the roaring seas and the roaring of their waves. The awesome truth that began to dawn on them as they saw what Jesus has done was that they were not in the presence of a good religious teacher, but that this man was God, standing on a boat with them, Jesus, the Son of God. And that's why deciding to put your faith in Jesus is a very good idea indeed. Because when you do, you join a new family. God becomes your heavenly Father, and Jesus, Son of God, becomes the one who gets you through the storms of life. One response which many people have to the suggestion that it might be a good idea to follow Jesus, is this. Some people say, well, look, I can see that Christianity is good for you, but I simply don't need it. I've got financial security, I've got a happy marriage or partnership, I've got supportive family, I'm quite happy as I am. I don't need it, thank you very much. I can see it's nice for you, but I just don't need it. And while I can understand people saying that, particularly if they have not yet hit any of the major storms of life, there is a fundamental problem with that approach. 
And it all comes down to the questions which those disciples asked in the boat. The disciples said, after he calmed the storm, who is this? You see, the accounts written by the Gospel writers, which became part of the Bible, are either true or they're not. And what is clear is that Jesus, through all he did, the miracles of healing, calming storms, and all that he claimed to be able to forgive sins, and that he would one day judge the whole of humanity, it's crystal clear that the one thing that Jesus was not was a good religious teacher. As C.S. Lewis, the writer of the Narnia Chronicles, said, either Jesus was and is the Son of God, or he was deluded, in other words, mad, or he was an imposter and therefore evil. But don't let us have any nonsense about him being a great religious teacher. He has not left that open to us, and he did not intend to. And out on the lake that evening, the disciples knew that. That's why they were afraid. God was standing before them in human form. How awesome. So in our baptism preparation sessions, we had some great discussions on the subject of prayer. And each of us shared some experiences we had had of answered prayer. We had all found that when we turned to God and asked him to help us in anxious times or difficult times, he seemed to step in and calm the storm for us, just as he did for those disciples. Jesus, Son of God, invites every one of us to put our faith in him because he loves us so much and he wants the best for each one of us. And there may be some people here this morning who have a sense that perhaps this life of faith is something that you'd like to explore more or even begin right now. And if that's you, then here's a couple of things that you can do. If you've heard what I've said this morning and you're not sure about it, but you'd like to explore more, then one of the things you can do is in September we're starting something called an Alpha Course, which is, which is a great, a, a fun way of exploring the Christian faith. So keep a lookout for the notices, and if you'd like to do that, um, let one of us know and we will um, in, put you on the course in September. But you may have heard what I've said this morning and think, well, actually, I think I've heard enough. I think I'd like to start that journey of faith right now. And if that's the case, I'm going to just pray a little prayer now that will enable you to do that. So I'm going to ask you just to bow your heads for a moment. Let's just be quiet, really quiet for a second. I'm going to pray a prayer that will enable you to invite Jesus into your life. And if you want to pray that prayer, you can pray it silently along with me in your heart. Let's pray. Lord Jesus Christ, I'm sorry for the things that I've done wrong in my life. Please forgive me. Thank you that you died for me on the cross so that I could be forgiven and set free. Please come into my life by your Holy Spirit to be with me forever. Amen.